Jeffrey K. Howard, Vegas film critic and a lifelong fan of Diana Rigg, joining me this morning. Jeffrey, thank you very much for your time. Lifelong fan of Diana Rigg, and, and what a life to be a fan of. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. I, I wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, yeah, Emma Peel, I, I think like most Americans, we saw The Avengers. I'm Generation X, so I remember late night TV finding this series. I recall her beauty, her talent, her wit, the chemistry she had with Patrick McNee. It's one of the best in television history, and that theme. So, uh, you know, I was a lifelong fan the moment I saw that series. I mean, it's just iconic. And I suppose at a time when, you know, strong female characters on television were maybe less common than they are just now, I mean, it must have stood out a bit. It did, you know, because during that time when I was growing up, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, women were comedians. You know, so we saw a lot of women like Carol Burnett or, you know, they, they made us laugh like Lucy. Uh, there wasn't really any strong women in that kind of position in a television series. And she was the earliest example that I can think of, which definitely had an influence on many actresses and, and young women for years to come. Um, I was told by someone who is a Bond fan uh, that she was the only Bond girl to marry Bond. Is that right? That's true. You know, I'm a huge James Bond fan. For her to play the wife of James Bond, yeah. she really stands out in the series above all the other Bond girls. And many fans considered on Her Majesty's Secret Service among the best Bond films. Even in Free Eyes Only, the tease at the beginning, James Bond was visiting Teresa Bond's gravesite. So she not only made an impact on one of the most popular movie franchises of all time, and to stand out from all the other Bond girls, yeah, she, she, did, the, she did the impossible. She really did. How, how do we get from the Avengers to Game of Thrones then? Because there was obviously some, some distance in time between those two points. She wasn't exactly resting on her laurels before Game of Thrones came along. What else, what else was she doing for those decades? Well, you know, as an American, I remember her as Lady Holiday in The Great Muppet Caper. I was 14 years old. She had a great sense of humour. I just recently watched Evil Under the Sun, one of my all-time favourite performances of hers, where I was Elena Marshall in a great Agatha Christie. And, of course, she was in my favourite Vincent Price movie, Theatre of Blood. Being a film critic, I can really identify with that movie. So she didn't sit around. You know, she Doctor Who fans here in America, she's a fan favorite of the Crimson Horror episode who performed with her daughter, Rachel Sterling, alongside her. So she wasn't resting at all. She, If you look at her career, she never stopped. She said as well that she had not watched Game of Thrones before or since she appeared in it. Now, I must admit, Jeffrey, I'm, I'm not someone who's watched Game of Thrones at all. I'm unfamiliar with her role in this. But um, she did she bring something fresh to that, do you think, through her in, uh, unfamiliarity with the show, if, if that makes sense? She did. And I regret to say that I have not watched the entire uh, series of Game of Thrones because that takes another lifetime to be get dedicated to such a show. But I did see her episode, and she did. She brought her grace, her strength. You know, she brought her legend, legendary persona uh, to this incredible fantasy series. And I know a lot of fans here in America, and I've been reading posts all day on social media. That is probably one of her most popular roles and that people are more familiar with. So uh, she left her mark on a big role before she left this planet. So she she's she's to be admired for such a, tackling fantasy, which is really hard to do. She also said that generally she prefers to play bad characters than good characters. <laughs> They're much more interesting. And a lot of actors would say that. But has has she generally, do you think, over her career played bad more than good? I, you know, when I rem when I think of Diana Rigg, I think of her comedy. That's what I think yeah, of because she yeah. had such great wit. She had great timing. 
And uh, I, I prefer to think of her not only as a from, from Emma Peel, but then I think of her comedic performances. So that, that's how I identify with it. I think she does better in the good roles and the fun roles. What do you think she'll be remembered for primarily? Because we've covered so much ground in terms of her career. What is going to be the standout memory that people have of her, would you say? Well, I think it depends on your age. You know, yeah. me being yeah. Generation X and baby boomers, they're going to think of the Avengers, which is a great legacy. And I think that the younger generation are going to think of Game of Thrones. And I, what I love about the younger generation and, and Game of Thrones, they're going to seek out her other films. They're going to seek out her other work and find that she was such a versatile actress. And uh, they're going to appreciate everything she did from bad roles to good roles to comedy to playing a queen of thorns. Jeffrey, thank you very much uh, for your time this morning. A sad morning for you. As a lifelong fan of Diana Rigg, Jeffrey K. Howard is a Vegas film critic and Diana Rigg has passed away. Dame Diana Rigg at the age of uh, 82 with a significant uh, career. Oh.